Hi everyone and welcome to the Las Musas podcast. My name is Andrea Beatriz Arango and I'm the author of Ivelisse Explains It All. Today I'm joined by Angela Velez, Camille Gomera Tavares, and Vanessa Torres. And today on this episode of Debut Diaries, the middle grade and YA edition, we'll be talking about mental health and debut jitters. Uh, Angela, can you start us off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your book? Sure. Uh, my name is Angela Velez, Angela Velez, and I'm the author of Lulu and Milagro's Search for Clarity, which is a YA novel about two sisters who are on a cross-country road trip, and they are visiting college campuses, getting in a lot of trouble, learning a lot about each other, but also about themselves and who they might become. Um, and I'm really excited to be here with you. What about you, Vanessa? Hi, thanks for having me and welcome everyone. I'm Vanessa L. Torres and I'm the author of The Turning Point, a YA novel that follows Rosa Dominguez in 1983 Minneapolis. And she is a prince obsessed ballet dancer navigating complex family expectations after they've undergone some significant trauma and change. She has a new life, a new love in her life. His name is Nikki and he looks way better in his point shoes than she does. And she has her own aspirations to dance for the purple one himself, Prince, who happens to be rehearsing for the movie Purple Rain above her studio. And my book debuted on 222. I know you, you both have the same debut day, right? Or debut think, week. Angela was a little bit before me. I'm two weeks older. I'm more mature. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. What about you, Camille? Uh, thank you for pronouncing my name correctly also. That was very nice <laughs> to hear. Um, my name is Camille Gomera Tavares. Um, I am the author of High Spirits, um, which is a short story collection of 11 interconnected stories, all from the Dominican diaspora, um, centered around one extended family, the Belens, across multiple generations, um, and mostly focusing on themes of masculinity and mental health and Afro-Dominican diaspora. Um, and it's set in Santo Domingo, Patterson, San Juan, Washington Heights. Got a little bit of magical realism in there as well. And it came out um, this year in April. And like I said, I'm the author of Ivelisse Explains It All. I'm the only baby here. My book has not come out yet. <laughs> um, but it does come out in September, September 13th. And it's about a Puerto Rican girl who's trying to navigate her own mental health and also having her grandmother move in and kind of those complex family dynamics. Um, it's in verse. So yeah, I'm excited for it. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear about um, all of your debut experiences since you're a little more mature than me. <laughs> um, so we do have a couple of questions. And the first one is, what did you do to prepare for launch? Um, I, I can go first. I think I, so I, when I saw this question, I was like, oh, I was thinking about my party, <laughs> my, which was very exciting. And I don't know, um, for my launch party, I knew, and for the launch, I knew I wanted, this is a book about teens. I wanted teens to be at the event in some way and for them to like actually get a chance to speak. And so I invited a local teen um, book podcast to come co-host with me and it was really fun. They interviewed me and then I interviewed them about what it's like to interview authors and to um, like put all this work into making a podcast. And it was like a fun way to give them kind of like this attention and space and time to talk. And they're so smart and uh, they're Bridges and Books podcast. They're amazing. And they interview all these 
really high level authors, but I think in general, thinking about my launch, I am not great at self-promotion. I don't love like just me exclusively. And so when I was thinking about launch, I was thinking, how can I work with other people? How can I double up? Crystal and I um, did events because her book, No Filter and Other Lies came out at the same time. And so I was just thinking like, I just need a buddy. I need a friend in all areas, marketing in all areas, like on Instagram that would help. And so I think it made it a lot more fun for me to have to do that. That's awesome. And I, that's so great. I wish I knew any like teenage podcasters in my area. That sounds so cool. <laughs> Vanessa, what about you? That does sound really cool. I love that idea too. I wish I, I, I wish I wouldn't have missed it because now I feel like I've missed out <laughs> on your launch event. Um, but yeah, I too am horrible at self-promotion and I knew I didn't want to just be sitting in a room by myself talking um, and it was going to be an in-person event too. So I just definitely didn't want it to be me with a stool and a microphone talking to a room full of people. So I too teamed up with my critique partner, Dante Miedema, who um, her debut came out right at the wake of the pandemic, um, the Truth Project, which was really unfortunate, but she like, I don't know, crawled out of that somehow and has like an amazing TikTok following and is just beautiful at self-promotion. And she offered to come and interview me for my launch. So she, she lives in Alaska and flew down to Washington and uh, was there with me for my launch. And her, uh, the paperback of the Truth Project came out on the same day as my debut. So we kind of had a connection there. So to prepare for my launch, I just kind of like gathered myself for the day because I was very nervous. And we went up to Seattle and did like this really quick signing tour, both of us together. It was super fun. Just went to all sorts of indies who were so welcoming and signed their stock and left some swag. And then um, I did my launch at a local indie bookstore here in Olympia, where I live. And it was really fun. And she just interviewed me and we told stories together and how we met and our writing styles. And it was very conversational. So yeah, I just sort of had to find my center and um, invite a few people that I really knew so that I could, like that I knew really well that weren't just family, like people that I could focus on in the audience that would make me feel comfortable. And that really helped too, just to look out there and see some familiar faces. So yeah, it was really fun. Okay, so I'm like taking notes and what I'm seeing is I need a buddy. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I need a friend. I don't I'm know any middle book. grade writers near me though. I guess it doesn't have to be a middle grade writer. No. Mm -hmm. Anyone. Yeah. Like, got it. <laughs> what about you, Camille? Yeah, I also wish like I had a buddy or like friends to like do it. But also I'm like just very new to like the writing community in general. And like this is the first um piece of writing or thing that I've ever like done and it just happened to be a book um but yeah for my launch I contacted my the library that I grew up going to in my hometown um and connected with the YA um, librarian there um to help curate it was basically like a community event yeah and like my mom really took the reins on a lot of it and I just sort of like let go and like let her do her thing um, with like inviting people. She's also a teacher. Um, so there was a lot of teachers there at the event as well as, um, you know, their kids and things like that. Um, and also my like 
publisher <laughs> came, which is Living Credo. So they're like a smaller publisher, but they all came. Um, and they were like, I thought this was going to be a small family event, she said. And it was like, my family is huge. So there was like a bunch of people there. Um, and yeah, there was music, there was food, it was fun. Um, and yeah, and then I just took pictures and did a signing. And then I also had another event at um, Word of Books in Washington Heights, where I was interviewed by Angela um, from Dominican Writers Association, um, which is also really nice because I got to like just talk a lot more about like the themes of the book and like more serious things and also um, connect with the community there, especially it being like the largest Dominican community basically in the country. Um, so yeah, so that was really nice. And in terms of like my preparation, I also like just took the week off from work. <laughs> um, and then I also scheduled like a massage for like the Monday after all of the events were finally finished. So um, yeah, I was just very mindful of like my emotions and my time and just giving myself whatever I because it was just like I just did not know like how it would feel or like what was going to happen because it was such a new experience so I just wanted to make sure that whatever would happen that there was like time to like process things yeah that makes sense and I like that you said that you did something at a library because that's what I'm thinking for my launch um partly because I just love the library <laughs> and I happened to be on a field trip with my students at my local library and the supervisor of like the children's library section was there and I was like hey <laughs> I wrote a book <laughs> and she was like she was actually really excited because I guess she just took the job so she was like oh you're my first author <laughs> um so I'm probably going to do something at the library I think I don't know it's been weird my publisher is definitely not having anything to do with like a launch event like they basically said like middle grade is a weird category like you know who's going to be your audience and so i don't know so far i'm leaning towards uh library so i'm glad to hear that someone else did that um our next question is what has been the best thing about your debut year so far okay so the best thing has just been i don't know i guess I hadn't really imagined what people like I knew people were going to buy the book because they wanted to support me but then like they actually read it and so that has been really nice <laughs> and just like getting texts from coworkers from like five jobs ago saying that they read the book and liked it has been really meaningful. Um, there is an Instagram account called Peruvian Sisters and they have done so much to promote the book because the book is about Peruvian Peruvian American sisters and. I, I like and they didn't have to do that they're not a book account they're mostly food and music and so it's just been really amazing to see people do this because they want to support you and it just it's real it's a nice feeling yeah I I agree just all the like random people who I don't even know who have contacted me to promote the book is super incredible and I just I feel sometimes like gosh do I deserve this <laughs> it just feels so I don't know just so thoughtful and I sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my head around it and 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 people who just read your book because it sounds like something that they would connect with and then I have received um like handwritten letters in the mail from readers and who tell me how much the book resonated with them which I almost can't get through the letters with, I mean, I, of course I cry the whole time I'm reading them, but that's the reminders of why I wrote the book in the first place, I think is the best thing about my debut year, let alone all the 
all the other authors and writers who have come out to support me just because and and Las Musas especially. I mean, I also did two launch events, an East Coast and a Midwest um, virtual events. And uh, Laura Taylor Namie and Alda Dobbs did my Midwest launch with me. And that was out of the goodness of their hearts and they because they love the book. And um, same with Dante Miedema and Aiden Thomas. They both did my East Coast launch with me. And you know, they, they're busy. They didn't have to do that. And so I just, there are no words really to thank everyone who has been there for me. So yeah, I think that would be, that would be mine. <laughs> for me, it's the same thing, just like people that like you don't know, just like reaching out to you and you're just like, oh my God. Um, even like um, recently, like I was at um, book festival that was also in my hometown. Um, and it was like the first book festival that they ever done. Um, but it, it went really well. And I, that was the first time that I like I met just like regular people that had like read the book. Um, and some of them like came to my table and I'm like, we just came here like to see you. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's so like crazy. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, th that really like was really nice and warmed my heart, especially since they're like before my only experience has been like critics or like other writers that like have read my book because like they have to. <laughs> um, so people just reading it just because is is really special for me. Um, and yeah, just just that kind of thing. Um, also like the process of um, doing the translation of it into Spanish and like knowing that like, because my family hasn't had the time to like react or like give me any feedback on it. So um, that process has also been special because I feel like it's like a whole different book. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that, that whole thing to, to be as fun as it was. And also um, it's very Dominican and like written in colloquialisms and slang and stuff. Um, so it was just really fun to do while I was also like <laughs> promoting the first book as I was going along. So yeah. So you're translating your, your book yourself? No, we hired a translator, well, an author, Lorraine Avila, who also got a book deal after she got put on as the, the translator. Um, and she's a wonderful writer. She's Dominican-American. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting. It's kind of like when I was like watching Dora, like as a kid and like, I would watch Dora to like learn English. And then like, at some point it like just switched into like the Spanish one. So I would always just be like going back and forth. Um, so it reminded me a lot of like that because <laughs> there's like Spanish sprinkled in and then like for the Spanish version there's like English sprinkled in um, so yeah that's awesome I just always ask because like my book's getting translated right now and I'm like so nervous about it <laughs> I haven't like seen anything yet and they keep telling me that like the English and Spanish are going to come out at the same time and I'm like but how you're working on it right now <laughs> like <laughs> Anyway, I'm always just curious, but um, I would answer the question in a similar way. Obviously, my book hasn't come out yet, but I continue to be surprised by the people who are like picking up arcs and, and reading it. And especially because it's only been digital arcs and, you know, not everyone likes to read on a screen. And so I'm just so grateful that anyone has like read an advanced <laughs> copy um, and yeah, I, I just continue to be surprised and moved by that. Um, but other than that, I think the biggest, like, kind of surprise, like, cool surprise was just the fact that, like, two authors agreed to blurb it, 
because I was convinced that like nobody would want to write a blurb for my book. And so having people whose books I had read. And so to me, we're like on this pedestal of like real authors <laughs> um, say like, oh, yeah, we'll like read it and we'll say these nice things about it was very, very cool. It was the first time where I was like, am I a writer now? Like <laughs> if, if other writers are writing my are reading my writing, <laughs> does that mean I've made it? So that I think that has been other than like actual readers, that has been the coolest thing to happen this year. What would you do differently for your sophomore book? Hmm. Is everybody working on a sophomore book? Yeah. Right? Okay, cool. Excellent. <laughs> I didn't ask that before I read the question, but good work. Um, for me, I think I was so like afraid or nervous to ask people for favors. Like, hey, will you tweet about my book? Or like, would you share this on Instagram? And it would take me like, you know, days I'd agonize. I don't want to bother them. And then they would obviously instantly say yes. Just like anyone who asks me to do anything about a book. I'm like, yeah, of course. I like love to be a cheerleader. And I wish that I, I think, or even just thinking about moving forward, like I would just be more open and more brave about it. Um, my boyfriend once told me that if you don't hear a no, you're not asking for enough. And like that has really stuck with me as like, oh, what a different way to move through the world and to just like, you know, people want to help and people are excited to help. And if they're not, they'll tell you no. And so I think thinking about book two, I like hope that I like, I, I can be less scared to ask people for things. It is scary asking people for things like asking for blurbs and, and, you know, all of it really. But I think for me, um, I'm, I'm just not going to sweat the small stuff to be cliche. I feel like I really stressed over so many things that really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things at the end of the day, like not posting every single day about my book or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not looking at reviews anymore. I mean, I've had really great reviews, but I just you get that one like three-star review and you're like, but why, why didn't they love it for five stars? And it's like, not everybody's going to love it five stars. And I'm just going to try to chill about that a lot more than I did during book one. And I'm also going to, I mean, I really feel like now that I have my feet underneath me for book two, I have more time to promote other authors' works. So I really want to do that more. And so I'm planning on doing that more. And I am writing your review, Angela, right now, actually. I've read your book ages ago, but I just haven't posted it. And it is going to say something about the movie Tortilla Soup in it, because I know how much you want that. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to email it to me because I don't read Goodreads. So I'll never I see will. it otherwise. I will totally email you the link. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, I think just like, similarly like not like reading every single thing I feel like I'm still sort of like in that but like I'm slowly like phasing out of it I don't like feel as I feel like because I grew up like with the internet I'm just used to things and I like went to art school so I'm just used to people sharing opinions about the things that I make and like knowing what to like actually ingest and what to sort of let slide off um so I think that's one thing um also like not as related but like with like pushing back on things and like saying no I think especially like with 
the audiobook it felt like that process was like very separate from like the writing process so that was like a lot of like learning for me and I think it went really well and I did push back in terms of like who I wanted to narrate and like the fact that they would be Dominican and like have certain accent even like that because the, the initial suggestion was someone who was like a west coast like Mexican Latina and I was like no because I need someone who knows AAV and <laughs> Spanish and um, you know Dominican isms and is also from the west coast um, so that was like a lot of specifications but I found um, the right person but even after that I feel like um, it was like learning that I feel like audiobooks are really important mediums and like they like the way that they should be developed should is almost like a translation um, into audio form like as opposed to just like a direct reading of the thing word for word um, so I feel like even like music or like other things like go into it and like pacing is something that maybe I feel I would like to have more input in um, like for the next time um, to make sure that like the because some people that's their only like introduction to the book and the fact that my first book is like a short story collection there's like visuals in the book that like aren't translated into like audio form that I don't want people to like miss out on just because they're choosing a different medium um, so that was definitely one thing I was thinking about um, and yeah just in general I always have trouble like just like reaching out to people <laughs> and like um you know asking people for help and things it took me like months and months even though I like live literally next to like the Philadelphia library <laughs> um to like even like go in there and like ask to like talk to librarians and things like that so there's always like a lot of anxiety just like walking around I feel like there it should be like a meme of like an author walking around a, a bookstore and being like they don't know I'm an author <laughs> but like <laughs> I wrote a book and you're just like quietly around there and you don't want to say anything um so yeah definitely been learning about how to be I'm an introvert so to be a little bit more extroverted in that way when it comes to um making sure that you know the book gets the support that it needs yeah those are all great goals and I wish I had like a great goal also lined up but like I still don't know what I'm gonna do wrong <laughs> with my debut. So I don't know what I want to do differently for the next one. I think for me, like, I'm just hoping that I know more things, because I have felt so lost kind of every step of this process and like not knowing what things are normal or like not normal or like, you know, when to expect things or what to expect. And so I'm hoping that for my second book, I'll just be like calmer about the process in general, because I'll know, at least I'll know like kind of what that process is going to look like, even if it's not exactly the same. And I think also like I just have like a hard time thinking of myself as like, like a serious author kind of thing. And so like I'm hoping that by the time the second book rolls around, you know, I'll be able to say like, oh, yeah, I have a book, you know, as opposed to introducing myself as a teacher and then being like, oh, I also write, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I think just like more knowledge, more confidence would be great. And I mean, yeah, get I get you, Camille. I'm an introvert too. And just, it's hard. Like I don't, <laughs> I can't even like, I make my partner like call places just to find out if they're open because <laughs> so like me making a phone call or visiting someone in and of itself is like, a whole experience but like doing so to promote myself is forget about it <laughs>
I feel like you kind of have to like separate like yourself from like the thing and make it like yeah. a job. I feel like it clicked when like I used to do event planning like in, in college and like working for admissions and stuff. Um, so like when I realized that like that was like a, a skill that I had to like switch back on in order to like apply it to this. Cause I feel like I was very passionate about it when it was like about other people. And like, I was like mm -hmm. promoting other people or like trying to like make community events for other people to enjoy. Um, but it's harder, like you said, when it's like for yourself. So it was being like, okay, I just have to like, you know, do the emails and the calls and stuff mm -hmm. like I was doing before, but just like make it for this baby that is not me, but it's the book. <laughs> no, honestly, like these podcast episodes have been great practice <laughs> because it feels way less stressful because like, I, I feel like I sort of know you all just because we're in Las Mosas. And so it does feel like a little bit lower stakes than eventually when I know I will be interviewed by someone I don't know at all or like who I know is here to like critique things like I feel like this is like such a nice group and everyone's like oh yeah your book is great and like <laughs> this is like this is the environment I need to to practice. <laughs> I also I would recommend following Elizabeth Velasquez who I do I do follow like her. The way I she her. promotes her book it just makes me it's so full of joy and there's no like I'm always like cringing and I'm like oh but like she's just out there celebrating her book and it just mm -hmm. makes me feel so happy every time I see it and I'm just like okay thinking forward I'm like how do I be more like her like she's oh, I think that writing. all the time I'm like she's <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like told her at some point too I'm like you're like the first she her book was the first novel in verse that I read like by a Puerto Rican author um that was just written I, I don't know it was just like it, it was just like the first time I was like wait that can be me too um and so yeah, that's definitely definitely author goals. I also love the way that <laughs> she does her social media and just like her whole family is adorable. And it's definitely a talent just making it seem, I mean, she just seems so natural and seamless and genuine. And, and also can sing really well. Like the other day she, she posted oh, something. I was like, what can you do? Can you not do? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, self-promotion's hard. It's hard to talk about your heart on a page, really, because it's so personal. I think that's also, for me, the hard part, too. I mean, I, I, I was a captain at a fire department and, like, commanded huge scenes and, and had all the confidence in the world, and then I wrote a book, and I'm, like, this little in a ball in the corner. <laughs> it's just a whole different thing. It's just a different beast. So, yeah, we're all learning still. Yeah, so kind of going off of that, what what is something you do when you need a break from all that, when, when you need to not be writing and not self-promoting? What What is your go-to thing that gives you a break? So I feel like I post and talk about this all the time, but I got really into sewing in the pandemic and like I made a few clothes, but mostly I love making quilts for people and making gifts and it just is so nice because I started off not so good and I could just see myself getting better and it just feels tangible and like I'm not trying to sell it I'm not trying to do anything with it but like put it in the mail and like send it to somebody else and like just maybe make their day and that it's just 
I don't know. I think off-screen hobbies. I also roller skate a little bit, also not very well, but <laughs> like anything you can do, anything I can do to get off of my computer and off of my phone is really helpful for feeling like just these moments of joy again. And then sometimes like you're just kind of drifting off and I like start thinking about my book and it feels less pressure because I'm still like focusing on like staying upright on my skates or like sewing in a straight line. So um, yeah, that's what I do. And I don't know about the not so well part, Angela. I've seen your quilts. They're amazing. They're <laughs> they are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I can sew a button on and like stuff like that, but yeah, I definitely don't have that skill. And for me, it, it also is true that I do need to step away from my computer to kind of regroup. And I like to do something active. I like hiking, biking, running. I'm a big runner. I just went to spin class this morning. That was awesome. Cause I almost puked. It was so hard. It was really hard, <laughs> but anything that kind of totally taxes me physically is where I gravitate to because I've just always been that way. I really like that. It resets me. I like to sweat, but I also like to just chill out and watch a movie or a show. I, I'm, I'm really into stranger things and I, I like sci-fi and fantasy, something that I'm not writing right now, something that's removed from what I'm doing um, on the computer is good. And I like just spending time with family, just hanging out, playing games. We're big gamers in my household. So play some. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. Like the Musa's D&D game has to happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get that going. What about you, Camille? Yeah, for me, um, definitely just like going on a walk. Like my day job is like as an artist, as a graphic designer. So I'm just like constantly on my computer and using my creative brain 24-7. Um, um, so it's always nice to just like go for a walk and like zone out for a little bit. And I like, like doing yoga um, or sometimes like just meditating or just like staring at a wall for like 30 minutes and just like not looking at a screen um is really helpful um yeah sometimes like even like just going to like a museum even like a bookstore or like a random store around in philadelphia and just looking and not buying too many things um is therapeutic like in its own way for me um but yeah it's hard when like my creative thing that I like to do is also like the release thing because then it's like I don't know doing the creative stuff sometimes is supposed to be therapeutic but most of the time my creative side is just like burnt out so I just can't do it anymore I recommend sewing <laughs> I love sewing I, I do a lot of I do everything creative because like I went to art school so yeah. like I've done I'm pretty sure every type of art there is out there also like um in the pandemic my thing was like um plants and like gardening um so I got really into like doing that as well um and I'm teaching my mom now because she has a new house in the backyard so I have all of this scientific knowledge of like just botany that I've shared and she kills everything that she has ever owned so uh, it's my mission to at least save some of those plants from her hands <laughs> it's always not going well <laughs> I love that now I love gardening too but I unfortunately am living in an apartment right now where I don't even have like a balcony so I think for me getting outside <laughs> just in general has been like really important because I 
Yeah, I've never not at least had like a balcony or like some way for me to like stick my head out <laughs> of the walls. So I've definitely been doing a lot of things outside, which is easier now that it's summer. You know, I, I love water. So I've been doing a lot of water things. Um, but I've also recently started doing yoga um, because for teacher appreciation week this year, my local yoga studio did like a thing where like teachers could get like a summer unlimited plan um, for way cheaper than what those things usually cost. Um, and so I've been trying out like all of the different kinds of yoga and I really like aerial yoga <laughs> with like the silks. I'm terrible at it, but that's why I like it so much. Cause it's, I mean, I like going on the, to the relaxing classes and, you know, doing the more traditional things, but every Wednesday at five 30, I have been going to do aerial yoga and struggling to like flip myself and <laughs> hang upside down. And honestly, it's been really nice because you know, because of my anxiety, unless something's like hard for me, I can't turn off my brain. But for something like Ariel, where it's like actually really hard, I'm like really focused physically on like what I'm trying to do. And then I don't actually think about other things. So that that has been my newest thing. Um, what's going on with your jump roping? The jump roping has not... <laughs> <laughs> has not been going as great. Oh, um, I'm extremely really hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it has to be hard, but it can't be hard enough that I get like frustrated. I feel like jump rope is like towing that line where I'm like, why is this so difficult? <laughs> so I have not been doing it as often, but I do need to get back to it. <laughs> is hard. I recently went to my first Zumba class and that was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I used to be a dancer. So I thought, oh, I got this. This will be great. And oh yeah, it was really hard. I'm definitely going back, but I was tripping over my own feet. And well, my problem is like, I don't know why my body wants to jump like really high, but like you can't like to do no. all these like cool tricks and stuff like you need to only be jumping like this much and there's my feet are not listening to what my brain is telling me and so I'm doing these huge jumps and then my <laughs> asthma kicks in I'm like all out of breath <laughs> it's just not great <laughs> it sounds like fun is the rope are they plastic ropes like they were in like grade school no you know, it's like plastic. um pvc kind of tube kind of yeah. like I could cut it with a scissor uh -huh. uh, but it's not plastic it's soft mm -hmm. it just brought back like a visceral memory <laughs> just like yeah, getting slapped exactly. like, like, double dutch <laughs> and uh -huh, exactly <laughs> it's beautiful it's like a hot pink jump rope it looks so good but i do not look good using it <laughs> yeah. yes all right so our next question is and we touched on it a little bit but when do you know it's time to step away from social media um, so for me, like I, I really love Instagram cause I follow so many artists and like, I usually, I, when I'm on it and I'm scrolling, I'm feeling really inspired. I'm feeling like I'm learning about a new exhibit or I'm learning about a new way to do something. Or like, sometimes I just save posts that aren't by artists that I like, I'm just like, wow, this color palette is really cool. And I wonder how I could do that. Um, but anytime that I open it and I'm not feeling inspired, I'm feeling like maybe jealous or I'm feeling like insecure or something, then I'm like, okay, this, I have to rethink like how much time I'm spending on here. Or if it's time to like start muting people or like kind of step away, like anytime it changes my mood. And like, I found on Twitter, it's pretty hard for me to feel 
like to be able to control my mood when I'm reading it. Cause there's just so many voices there and they're all kind of like a lot of people tweeting about things that have like happened to them that are not good. And I'm just like, yeah, that is, it's just a lot of bad news. And it, it's, I don't really know how to regulate my emotions when it's all coming in. And so I've mostly stepped away from that and then like try and put in like either time limits or figure out ways so that it just feels like a place that is exciting. And I'm always learning and discovering new things and not like feeling sad <laughs> as I scroll. Yeah. Twitter is not a healthy space for me at all. I find myself not feeling good after I scroll and read. Uh, I really love Instagram too. I, I just like, sometimes I don't even care now that I'm not posting as much. I just like looking at everybody else's posts because people are so creative and it makes me happy most of the time. But um, when I step away is when maybe I'll read something that just stays with me all day long. Like it just kind of invades my mind and I just sort of dwell on it. Then I know that it's time to step away. And usually that means I put my phone in a drawer somewhere. I, I physically put it in a drawer so I can't see it because I mean, this is how addicting these things are. You know, I, if I see it, I'll just tell myself, I'm just going to like peek, like just take one little peek and, and then it just perpetuates from there. It just it just starts the ball rolling all over again. So when something is really stuck in my head, something maybe negative, I, I will step away from it and physically hide my phone <laughs> and it works for me. So, Yeah, for me, actually, Twitter is like the only one that I do use. Like it used to be Instagram and stuff with all of like my artist friends, but I don't know, something happened like 2020 and where I was just like, I can't look at things anymore. I just need words. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I, I really only use Twitter. Um, and yeah, when I get to like the bottom and I've seen something again, then I just like stop <laughs> and then I try to go do something else. I think also like YouTube is like another place that like I get like stuck in like a black hole for, um, and still figuring out like how to work myself out of that and, you know, make sure my thing is like doing it like before bed and then like it's like 1 or 2 a.m. and I need to go to sleep and it's really hard to like stop that cycle and it's also not good for your brain to be looking at screens um, before you go to sleep. So yeah, I think my current solution has been to like try reading a book before bed instead um, or just like not looking at a screen for like a certain amount of time and I have like the reminders on my my phone about like when bedtime is and like when all of my devices sort of go to sleep for a little bit um, after a certain time. Um, so that's my current solution, but always looking for advice because I feel like it's just like, <laughs> the algorithm is just a trap and they really just got our brains <laughs> just stuck. <laughs> but yeah. You know, I bought a alarm clock and put my phone in another room before bed. And so I have to get out of bed to look at it and I can't scroll right before I go to sleep. I have to read. And that is the only thing that got me out of the like doom scroll. Oh my God, it's 2 a.m. What am I doing? Yeah, that's thing. a great idea. So I would uh, go old school and get rec recommend an alarm clock. Yeah, I do have an alarm clock because I have because my room is like pitch black. There's no like windows, <laughs> so I I got like a sunrise alarm clock um, yeah, that I, I need <laughs> um, in order to wake up at all. Um, but yeah, I did try it a couple of times and it did work, so I might do that a couple of times 
um, more um, with this. I just put my phone in the bathroom, <laughs> just leave it there. Yeah, I think for me, like I am pretty bad at like self-control. So like making sure that I am doing things like going on a hike where like I know there's no signal. So, there, you know, I can't even check it, even if I wanted to, or like, oh, I'm kayaking, like it's, you know, the phone is in like the waterproof bag. So like doing things like that has been really good. Because um, that like sounds bad that I have to like put myself in situations <laughs> where like I have no signal, but I mean, that's kind of how it is. Um, the other thing that I do, because I'm, I'm one of those people, like I can't have unread notifications or, you know, stuff like that. And so something that was really getting to me with like Instagram, for example, which is what I mainly use, is that I would feel like I didn't have time to catch up on all the things and that I wasn't seeing. And so being very mindful of keeping the amount of people that I'm following like low or, you know, muting some people's stories, for example, like I'll still see you in my feed, but like your story's got to go has been very helpful in like you know, kind of curbing that feeling of like this never ending amount of posts that like I will never catch up on. Um, that's been really helpful also, <laughs> especially with the stories, I think, because just like some people like post way too much and I, but I felt like I had to tap through it. <laughs> so I just had to like, okay, you're muted. I still like you, but like, this is not good for my mental health. <laughs> so I don't know. It's still a process. I think it's harder now because I'm on summer vacation like when I was teaching I actually had no signal like they had all social media blocked in the school building so once I got to work that was it unless I went for a walk outside and now I don't have that so um all right we only have one question left this is such a nice conversation um the last one is where have you found community those who have your back when you need it um, I feel like Las Mosas has been really wonderful in, in building a community and just like meeting similar authors and like books that generally are like a lot of similar overlap in themes and stuff. Um, my, my debut group has been really helpful as well. Um, but then also I think like having friends outside of writing is really nice to kind of put things in perspective that the things that I'm like so sometimes hyped up about like actually don't matter or like these like online scandals <laughs> where you when you say them out loud people are like wait what <laughs> like it's actually like you know maybe not as dramatic as everything makes it feel um has been really helpful but just I don't know people finding like meeting people that are really happy to support you and has been has been a really nice part of this debut year I would say yeah, you said almost exactly what I was going to say. Las Musas, for sure. I definitely found community in Las Musas. I feel very seen there where I never have before because I feel like I, I kind of belong in two worlds, having grown up in a Mexican-American family who didn't allow Spanish to be spoken outside of the home. And, you know, I always felt kind of pulled in both directions and not really belonging anywhere. And so I kind of feel like I've finally found some community and also my 22 debut group has been, I mean, it was so wonderful starting out the year, none of us knowing what we were doing at all and just having people to talk to and just the threads in our Slack app were hilarious. <laughs> like, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a bunch of, I don't knows. And we we're all flailing together, <laughs> which felt 
so wonderful, <laughs> so wonderful. And also I agree having, having people who are outside of the writing community are so important because they, they help keep everything else in perspective, which is you need to have that definitely if there's one thing that you walk away from this podcast with it's that just having a variety of camps of people that you can you know pull from and lean on through this whole process it's really important i'm just gonna echo another last one says um obviously um definitely has been like a really big help and because I think like before I got like asked to like join it I was like lo looking for community in a really big way because I just did not know anything even about writing at all um so I was just like wow this is like perfect um and definitely like other like associations like the Dominican Writers Association um, um there's like the Latina um book club that like has reached out as well um, and yet, like we were saying before, just people that like, I don't know, and like just reaching out and like doing promotion of my book without like me asking them, um, like even indie bookstores, like Word Up Books and um, Cafe Con Libros, like just mentioning my book in so many lists and like when they're talking to people, um, it just, yeah, it makes me feel very like loved and like, <laughs> oh wow, like there's people that are like supporting me out there um and that my book has resonated with so that they they want to tell people about it um so yeah definitely very very lovely to be in community with people like that yeah i'll i'll say las musas too in case you didn't know this is sponsored by <laughs> by las musas um yeah, I feel like what I've most wanted through this whole process was just information. And I feel like since joining Las Musas, I've just been this like little sponge in a corner, just like soaking up like the little crumbs that people like even inadvertently like say. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, thank you for mentioning that. Um, so that has been really helpful in terms of like writing information, but I'll second having groups outside that. And for me, a big thing has been like, I'm in multiple book clubs. Um, and like, I love reading, <laughs> obviously, like that's part of why I got into writing, but it's been so nice to have those communities where I can go and talk about books as a reader, not as like this author persona where like my book doesn't even come up. Like we're just talking about whatever book we're all reading. And so that's been nice to have because I feel like I definitely post a lot about books on my Instagram, but I'm very aware that like anyone who visits my Instagram also knows that I'm like an author and like I can't, you know, the two are coexisting in one page. But when I go to book club, <laughs> it's just me, the reader. <laughs> so I do appreciate my book clubs for sure. Well, that that is all I have for today, unless there's something else that you all want to mention. If not, I'll go ahead and wrap us up. If you would like to learn more about Las Musas or our books, please visit our website at lasmusasbooks.com or find us on social media at Las Musas Books. And be sure to check out our bookshop page where each purchase of one of our books goes towards supporting independent bookstores. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also sign up for the Las Musas newsletter to have podcast updates as well as other Musas news such as release dates, teasers, spotlights, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening.